Hi, and welcome back to Colony Kids SOS. Um, for those who have not joined us for an interview before, uh, we are a series of interviews with friends, artists, creatives, and change makers in Hong Kong. We started back in 2020, April, um, and we're trying to capture a certain sentiment of the times through the voice of our friends. Um, today we have with us Cyril, who's from Hong Kong, but lived in LA and obviously Boston. Yeah. And I know that you're quite specific about the order of, but I was a singer, <laughs> songwriter, I? and producer. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. You'll have a chance to correct me out here. Um, who we've had for um, Another World is Possible, our online and media festival. And we're really excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm really excited. Shout out to Ethan. Aw, yay. <laughs> um, okay, so just a quick introduction from you for those who don't know much about your work. Um, and yeah, let me start from there. So my name is Cheryl. I am, it, the order doesn't really matter, I guess. Like I'm, I'm not- I just write an article <laughs> that people are like, oh, that's the order that you prefer, so. No, no, no I, I, it doesn't really matter, but I guess, Never mind. Um, yeah, so I, I produce my own music. I write. I play guitar. Um, yeah, born and raised here, like you said. Lived in Boston, L.A. as well. Moved back here in 2019, June. And, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we usually start, There's a f there are a few questions in here that we ask everyone. So mm -hmm. there's like a particular yeah, sort of like a template, and then the rest we try to like feel with particular questions on your work. So first off, how are you feeling? I know that we're all still going through COVID. It's long and drawn out. So how are you on a personal level? Personal level, I feel um, pretty stressed. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of going through some sort of quarter life crisis. But I mean, aren't we all? I guess, I guess not really. It depends what age you are. But uh, I actually literally just turned 25. Oh, cute. I'm spilling a lot of, um, and I got a new job. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm just kind of stressed about where my life's going to go and like what I, what I want to do with my time mm -hmm. alive. And, and yeah, I think it's hard making music in Hong Kong. I mean, everywhere it's hard balancing income and creative projects, but yeah. But otherwise, I feel grateful, generally grateful. Um, my grandma was in the hospital. <laughs> getting really personal. Okay. But my grandma nice. got into the hospital like last week, and I was yeah. really worried. But turns out her she's in a stable condition, so I'm I'm grateful for that as well. Yeah. I mean, we can start. Yeah, with what with, with what you said. Um, it is hard to make music in. Hong Kong, and I know you've lived in like the U.S. and stuff. And um, why? What? Well, I guess I don't know if it's if you're comfortable saying like why have you chosen to be in Hong Kong, and like how does that fuel your work? Like how is it still a positive thing, or it's mainly just like a real struggle? I think that I mean, growing up here, I I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. Well, I wanted I knew I wanted to do music, and then. When I was in America, both in Boston and LA, I was so shocked by how possible it seemed because everyone around me was like, oh yeah, you wanna do music, just do it. Whereas in Hong Kong, when you grow up here, um, I feel like for a lot of people that are into art, it's like seen as this like, oh, oh, you're like interested in art, like cool, like good for you. 
um, you can like go to some art classes on Sundays or something like that. It's like not really seen as a lifestyle at all and definitely not really a possible or just, yeah, just possible or practical or imaginable or acceptable path. Um, so actually moving back here at the beginning, I was really sad because I felt like, cause in LA there was such a community of people that were just doing their own thing, which is also another problem maybe because it's super oversaturated. And I feel like sometimes that makes you, that like clouds you into thinking you want something that you actually don't. You're just seeing your peers do it too. So when I first came back to Hong Kong, it was both, I was like, hell yeah, I'm out of LA. And I realized that I don't actually care about like posting too much on Instagram because I feel like that was just such a pressured thing in LA. And at the same time, I also felt like, um, so I, I, I felt relief and I felt um, stress from thinking that because of the lack of community here that I would just compromise and like mm. just end up living a very Hong Kongian career. Has it, has it been, I know that you said LA is, um, there's, there are a lot of people already doing it. Yeah. So has Hong Kong actually been positive in that way? And has it supported you? I feel like it's, it goes both ways. I feel like in LA, really all my friends, like every single person that I hung out with in LA had their own music project, which is really mm. nice. And coming back to Hong Kong, it wasn't the case at all, even though I do have a lot of creative friends and I'm, I realize like it's on my part to find people that are like-minded. Mm. But um, I think coming back to Hong Kong, like despite that, I feel like it reassured me that it music is really what I want to do no mm. matter what, like lack of community, despite that, I still want to do it. So I think in a sense, it also strengthened that, mm. yeah. Cool, and uh, do you want to tell us about your musical journey so far, like your EPs and um, albums? Musical journey, I learned piano as a kid, as many kids here do, um, but I was really lazy. I'm actually still really lazy, to be honest. Um, so I never practiced or anything. And then I would always play, like I, I always wanted to compose, but I was always really shy. So I thought I would be like a mm. pianist, but like that I would like turn my head away <laughs> from the cameras if I would like play. And then I realized I'm actually not, I'm not really that good at like virtuos, mm -hmm. what's the adjective, virtuostic, virtuosistic. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I know um, what you're saying. Uh, yeah. You don't so. consider, you don't think, you have... I don't think I'm... Exactly. But no, but the, the she was adjective. trying to think of the adjective. Virtuoso. Virtuoso is a noun. Virtuostic. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways. Anyways. Um, fuck, what was I saying? Uh, you took piano when you were young. You didn't think you had a virtuous... City. <laughs> quality. Um, so, I... You always wanted to write? I always wanted to write. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what is my musical journey and then I just I just always loved it and then I mean it was a it was a journey to convince my parents to let me study it for college and it's like mm. such a privilege that I was able to do that in the end um so I went to Boston for music production and at what point did you feel like <clears throat> you created like your first piece of music first piece of music 
I think the first song that I've written, I was really into Avril Lavigne in grade mm. one. And I think the first song that I've ever written is, is like, it's called Cow. I don't know what it sounds like, but I was reminded by my friend the other day because we would write lyrics down and chords down on shitty A4 paper. Mm-hmm. And we had like a, this whole plastic folder. It was really nerdy. Um, okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that real, my real piece of music, but that's like a, a sweet it's effort. Cow. Yeah. Do you remember? No. No, okay. So you just remember it being cow. Also, it's really funny because like all the songs that I listened to when I was in first grade, I mean, it's like about heartbreak and like mm-hmm. teenage love. And I was like, how old are you when you're in first grade? Like seven? Six, seven, yeah. yeah six or seven. I, w- I would like imagine, like I would, we would write these like love songs and we would think that we were so deep. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really funny, really dumb, but yeah. Um, and then what was your, I mean, again, then, then what would you consider your next more serious, like, I'd say serious, into? serious, like. And you're like, this is, no, this is it. Like, I'm going to do this now. Seriously. I think, yeah. I think like end of high school uh-huh. was when I really started to record <clears throat> stuff in Logic. And what was that piece? Um, I don't know what the first one was, but it was also some some variation of like a love song that I like have not been in love. Yeah. Um, I know that. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, not wanting to like go into genres or classifications too much, but you you would describe your work as kind of like pop, R and B, and like folk. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how can you describe a little bit more on the sound um, of your work and how it's also evolved in your your, your latest work? How would you describe it? Um, I think <clears throat> I feel like when I make music, I like because I fear being too classified because I feel like when you're um super labeled as like a this kind of artist you don't have like it's hard to wiggle your way out of it so I try Mm -hmm. not well it happens anyway but um I think I'm I think my sound is whatever music that I like Mm -hmm. because I think subconsciously it seeps through even if my writing process is like a failed um or like a flawed uh, attempt at at emulating my favorite artists, but I think that what I'm what I'm drawn to in music is like I don't know I'm I'm drawn to like softer stuff, which sometimes I hate to admit because people are like oh, you're such a softie, but uh, I'm drawn like to, yeah, I'm drawn to like intimate mm-hmm. folk stuff. I'm I'm drawn mm-hmm. to like good songwriting, but some songs with shitty lyrics are also really good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm drawn to like mm. melodies. That's such a vague, like no shit. I'm drawn to melodies. I'm drawn to like, I don't know. It's just like good music. <laughs> Do you want to tell us um, about your, when your, your creative process, like, you know I, know, I know that in some interviews you said that you start with just picking sounds in your guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, walk us through the entire journey of the making. Let's say the the making of your last album. Making my last, or making of my last EP. Yeah, EP. I guess. Um, yeah. Every song. Like, what really were you? What were you going though. through, for instance? Like just, yeah. Like I would, and including. 
even the music videos and yeah, how you collaborated with people and I think, yeah. or you can choose one song. In it. Um, I think generally every song is different. Like sometimes I, I'm just like fucking around with something on Ableton and then I loop it and then it's like skipping rope. I loop it and then I like think of a melody over it. But sometimes a song starts way before I make the song. Like sometimes it starts from like something I jotted down in my notes, which is like some like poetic idea. And then can you walk us through one specific song? Because I feel like, yeah, like I want to visualize it in my head. Yeah. Like, what um, is that line that was jotted in your notebook? And it's so <laughs> romantic. And I'm just like wondering what it is. Um, what's an example? I can play the song too. If I forget what my music sounds like. <laughs> yeah, we'll just weave it into the um, interview. Oh, okay, let's say let's say like angels. Mm -hmm. um, I think this one I actually started just I was fucking around with, on guitar and then I recorded it on my iPhone as a just to remind myself like next time I open my computer to like re-record uh, re that, but it was lazy, so I ended up like dragging the iPhone recording mm -hmm. and then I doubled the guitar. So so I started it with the guitar strumming so the chords and then I just looped it for this one so I did the verse first um, and after I found the chords I did the like skip rope thing where I tried to fit a nice melody on top mm. of it and then I wrote the words to it and it felt really square um, and then the yeah and then the chorus was like a separate section and then how do you how do you develop the the, the arrangement lyrics for it? are the lyrics I feel like I I sing like an alien language like like I think of a melody mm -hmm. and then I kind of like pretend like like you know how sometimes you're not really conscious of what you're saying but you're just like like talking shit but mm -hmm. then it like fits like some vowels fit some intervals of melodies better than better than other vowels mm -hmm. and so you kind of like let the shapes form first like what what's the most natural for the melody and yeah. then and then I tried really hard to write the lyrics I feel like writing lyrics is like hard work mm. yeah. yeah yeah I mean because um, right so you you developed the song and I know that your EP you did everything yourself like what is an area that you actually struggle with because I mean writing lyrics and like I guess I don't know what to call it poetry or using words is pretty different part of the brain yeah, than like totally. when you're just like experimenting with yeah. the instrument and then coming out with a melody like how do you negotiate that process and just like force yourself to yeah make it perfect that is really interesting I think about it often just the whole songwriting process especially if you're doing everything alone it's so back and forth and you have to keep zooming out and zooming in because I feel like the like musically I feel like you have to be kind of like drunk not not like actually but like you have to be kind of like not in control of what you're trying to say to think of the idea mm. like you have to be in some sort of like dream state and like base it on the vibe or the feeling and then so it's like a, a constant 
back and forth of like being really drunk and mm-hmm. then being like super anal and like super like okay like but this has to cut off here and like a really decisive like you'd be just decisive um after you're like really not decisive mm. like the, the decisive like, part is for the lyrics or like when you're producing it um for the music as well so so for example like if i'm like if i i have like a really loose idea like to tighten it and like to mm. actually decide that I'm gonna use this melody yeah. like this and then repeat it three times and then ver- vary it the third time. Like that's like such a like, okay, like I am writing now wow. and like cutting from the Do you do that the idea. same, like in the same hour or the same evening? Or do you say like, okay, let's just t- create different sounds tonight and then get into that sort of mental space state and then like tomorrow I'll just get into that other mental I'm, state. I'm really bad at working on the same thing over time over a long period of time because I feel like I I'm really like obsessive so mm. when I f- when I have when I'm really excited about an, an idea I just like will not sleep until I have like a rough thing mm. of song that when I wake up in the morning I will like remember how I feel about it wow. so I never really I hate working on songs that I hate sitting on songs and then like changing because I, mm. I feel like the moment's over and I feel like your feelings change so quickly that maybe you won't get back to that like mm. mental state of, of when you were writing mm. that lyric. And then it's like a weird forced kind of like, it feels like pretending. I feel like if you like have to like, go back and have yeah. you ever done that and it worked or it's no, no. Okay, okay. I've always been like, I hate the song now. Quit Ableton. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any rituals that you like need to do to get into certain head spaces or like, I mean, as basic, I don't know, as like <laughs> when you just, you know, strum the guitar for a few and then to get yourself into it or it's like meditation really. Do you have things that you need to do to get um, into a zone? I hate bright lights. So I make sure mm. the room's really dark and I like it. That's why I, I like working at night. Cause I don't like, the idea of someone like walking around, even if they're not really making that much noise. So I have to be alone, I think. Um, not really much else. Just a feeling of privacy, I think. Like a void. Yeah. Um, how do I frame this question? So James very poetically um, used the, like described you as the Hong Kong's best kept secret. <laughs> um, <sighs> After the another world is possible, um, he's a very big fan. And uh, do you like? Do you want to keep that kind of more underground? Um, yeah. Or I mean, I know that again in your interviews, you have said like you want as many people as possible to hear your sound. So, but is there some sort of um, I don't know. I don't want to say quality, but an advantage or something you, you like that sort of freedom of being independent and just doing your own thing since you do from beginning to end yourself. I think, okay, first of all. Would you want to be a Canto pop star? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I'm too shy for that. First of all, thank you, James. Um, he clearly has really good taste. <laughs> kidding. Well, actually, I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't think that's like a... Oh, there's so many layers to this because it's like in 2021, I feel like if you have to be an artist, you have to be really public because it's probably going to change. But I feel like in the past decade, like how artists have been 
breaking out is like through Instagram and it's like through mm. not just their music, but it's like their whole image and their online personality. And I feel like that freak, freaks me out. Mm. I, I don't think I have like a resistance. Like I want people to hear my music, but I don't want to have to like be so public about like, I'm like this kind of person and I'm like, yeah, I think it's just a matter of privacy, I guess. I don't, I don't really, it's not something that I, I'm like, I want to be as like mysterious as say Frank Ocean or something, <laughs> comparing myself to Frank. Um, yeah, but it's, it's just more like a, I just want to make sure that mm. people who like me like my music first. Have you found a way to balance that out? I think the way is just like believing that if I just like continue making music then and people like the people that actually like the music will stay. I think I think it's just believing in that not to believe in the Internet that much. Mm. Yeah. You recently started these newsletters. Yes. Um, is that another way of kind of choosing the way that people understand you and hear about your music? Yeah, for sure. I was actually talking to this talking about this with my managers a few weeks ago, but I was just telling them that I've actually been feeling pretty stressed or like resistant toward, um, cause my, my label wanted me to, was like encouraging me and supporting me to film music videos. But sometimes I'm, I feel really like, I don't want to have to make a music video for every song. If I don't, if I didn't, if it does, if it's not because I have an idea for a music video, like I don't, I just, I don't want to make something just because I, it's like good for PR or something. Um, and so we were just talking about like, what do I actually like to say? Or like, what don't I mind if I have to like, essentially like give content? Um, and I was like, you know, I actually don't mind writing because I, mm. I, I just like to write and it feels less, it feels more about what I have to say than like, some projected image yeah do you have to negotiate I mean I don't know who your managers are they're probably listening but <laughs> what is that negotiation like because from their I can see from their perspective it's yeah, like yeah. social media yeah and it makes like, sense I mean it's their job so yeah and like they're just trying to do How a do good you, job yeah. um I mean the, the negotiation like, oh great an email <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, I mean it's lovely like I love the newsletter but it's pretty obscure yeah so I'm just like they're like, mm. yeah, I mean, I honestly feel kind of bad for them because they're just trying to do their job. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. Um, so sorry. Um, but I think they also I mean, they're like super respectful and supportive. Mm -hmm. And they I think they understand where I'm coming from. And they're just trying to help me figure out a way to still still kind of like make use of social media, but at, but not completely like be a fabricated situation yeah are you do you are you happy with where you're at now in terms of because i mean i think your um your song on spotify spotify, spotify. Is, <laughs> i'm so nervous i um, spotify it's my yeah, favorite it has, platform. like a lot of this is i don't but like i can't remember right mm -hmm. i mean i read this Thank uh you. yeah <laughs> so so do you feel like despite, you know, people needing social media and all these things that like actually you're doing pretty, you're doing pretty well. I, th I think I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy 
I'm like happy people are listening. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I don't feel, I, I feel happy about it, about what I've like said no to and what I've said yes to. Um, I think now it's more of like just personally like balancing time to like mm. keep on making music. Yeah. Is that something you're struggling with? Yeah, I think just because of my job really. Mm. And also it's it's really easy to like if you don't make music for one month, if you don't like don't touch any instruments, it's so easy to convince yourself that you're like, you're like downhill from now mm -hmm. and you're you, you just get into the cycle of like okay i'm like not gonna open ableton or pick up my guitar because like what if i do and then i make a really shit song and then i'm gonna feel worse about myself and then i'll realize that i'm like not meant to do this it's just mm -hmm. like this vicious thing so i think i just have to get back into a routine of like just like trying to make something mm -hmm. every day or, yeah um i mean we kind of spoke about so you went to university to study music production mm -hmm. um, and you've been, I mean, you learned piano as a kid. Mm -hmm. And um, how about your writing? Like when did that start and who are some big influences on you? Um, are you constantly reading? Like, I honestly buy more books than I read. I add more books to my Goodreads to read list than I actually read. But I, when I was a kid, I was like a bookworm. Mm -hmm. Like I would read under the, under the glass dining table. Oh. <laughs> What um, kind? Like, and, and usually it's, is it poetry? Or I was like, reading like you... theory. No, I'm kidding. I was reading oh, like, wow. I was reading like <laughs> kids, like, I don't even know, like Rodal. Yeah. I was reading whatever. Um, these days, I've been trying to read more Asian authors. Mm. Um, fiction. Poetry, mm. also fiction. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of self-help. I'm kidding. Um, I really like... Virginia, Virginia Woolf, mm. uh, Adrian Rich, um, Audre Lorde, Toni Morrison, mm. Carol Masso, I think is how you pronounce it, Ocean Wong. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what does, it's a difficult question, what does poetry mean to you? Um... Or maybe an easier, you can choose between the, between the two. Okay. What does beauty mean to you or what does poetry mean to you? Hmm. I think, oh, really big question. Mm. I think um, poetry is a really... Uh, hmm. <laughs> we can come back to it. Let me let me think about that. I think beauty and poetry are the same thing. So, oh, okay. Um, but I think I think they're both like I think I think poetry is <laughs> this is so hard. Um. I think it's about attention. That's such a vague thing, but mm. I think poetry is like the nuances mm. in things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's, I think poetry is like very small and very private. Mm. That's not really describing it well, but for example, like 
I feel like poetry would be if you look at like a landscape and then you notice like a leaf falling off the tree. It's like a very, an intentional look of mm. a situation. Is that what you aim for in your work or what is it that you try to achieve through your work? Um, I think in my writing, I, I do, I feel like I write pretty autobiographically. Like mm -hmm. most of my songs are just about how I feel as opposed to like a conceptual piece of art. Um, I feel like it just comes from honestly just like me being a drama queen, which I guess you could say is like noticing mm -hmm. <laughs> a feeling that I have. Yeah. Mm. Notice, noticing noticing a feeling, a feeling like have. a very specific perspective or something. Yeah. That's nice. So your songs are about the process of you noticing a feeling that you have. I suppose, yeah. Or communicating that feeling? Com yeah, or, or like capturing, like mm -hmm. trying to, yeah, trying to like kidnap it and save it forever. Um, you recently collaborated with, uh, for the so soundscape for a film, one of the other like, Oh yeah, yeah. Natalie. Yeah, um, Natalie's film. What was that? process like for you who's normally does things that captures your own feelings like yeah. now you have to really keep to the integrity of the film how challenging was that or? that was strangely not challenging at all because so I met Natalie through my mutual friend that I went to college to and the first time we were introduced because my friend our mutual friend Jake was like you guys have to meet because you have or you you have the same interests and then we met for the first time we talked for like four hours, I think at Bound by Hollywood. Um, and then when she asked me to uh, write music for her film, she was explaining to me her film, which was about, um, well, it centers around her mom's gaze and like her film is about the inversion of that gaze and th that gaze is like love. So anyway, it, it was based on a lot of her old home video footage and at the same time I had received like my parents had sent me my own home video footage mm -hmm. and it was when I wrote the song home video <laughs> oh, wow. and so it just like lined up and we were like, just totally coincidentally yeah totally coincidentally Crazy. so we were thinking about the same concepts just the idea of like how you hold a camera reflects what you love um, like you're always pointing towards and like zooming in towards things you may maybe subconsciously really care about. And so I felt very like unified with her when I, mm. when I, when we wrote the music and it was, yeah, she's, she is super poetic as a person. And I feel like it's really easy for us to understand each other when it comes to like creative stuff. So, um, because we don't have so much time, I'm really yeah. trying to think of how do, what questions are like really vital. Um, I mean, we kind of touched on this before, um, but does does the city or does the location you're at influence your sound or the community itself? I used to think it didn't, but I realized it's because I was, I felt really, displaced when I was in America because I used to think that oh mm -hmm. like when I'm in when I'm in America I'm like surrounded by people 
that are really creative. So I feel the most expressive. But I realized when I came back to Hong Kong that when I was in America, I actually had there was so much of me that I didn't allow myself to express, even though it's not really explicitly like I I don't really write music in Chinese or anything mm. or sing in Canto or Mando. But but I think being back in Hong Kong reminds me just like of my whole life story mm. and who I am and like what stories can I tell other than things like love. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. What's been your biggest realization since you came back to Hong Kong? I think actually it is that, as in when, like I was saying in the beginning, when I was in LA, I feel like I was kind of pressured to, just everyone in LA is an artist, so you kind of just follow that mm. wave and you kind of, well, for me, I feel like I kind of lost, I didn't, I didn't really do anything explicitly or that I didn't want to, but I felt like I, lost some sense of my personal story's identity. Um, so I think coming back from Hong Kong was a, was what I realized was really actually really important to me, mm -hmm. which is like being a Hong Konger and like stories about my family and my grandma and mm. yeah, yeah. That's nice. And like my other creative friends here are really important to me, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, how would you, speaking of creative friends, how would you describe this generation or your generation? This generation, I would say everyone's really um, makeshift and I think brave. Yeah, and passionate. What are you working on now that we should be... Watching out for. Um, I am. <laughs> I'm not really doing much. I, I'm trying to work on more music. Really, <laughs> I have an EP coming out April mm -hmm. 9th, but that's that's like songs from last year. But you should still look forward to it, I guess. <laughs> um, do you? Can you just dis describe it a describe little bit? Tell, tell um, us a little bit more. About it is it. a six-song EP. It is called Time Machine. Two, no, three songs from it are already out. Um, I'll be out on all platforms, link in my bio <laughs> on the day. Yeah, yeah. I won't reveal too much. What, yeah. So what day on April? 9th of April. 9th of April. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you'll send us the information. Maybe we can also... I can send you the songs if you, if you yeah, want. Yeah, then we can uh, combine it all together. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Um, James, sometimes it's burning questions. <laughs> I didn't look at... Any uh, final questions? Yeah, so but do you want to just ask the full question then I'll try to I'll repeat it? Yeah, like how do you feel um, about because none of your work is on C D or, or vinyl, right? Or yeah. for that matter. So how do you mm. feel like Spotify being kind of the final the, the, the mm. end of, of that? Is it kind of like um, that presentation where you're, you know, maybe on a mm. list with like a lot of like like artists? Yeah, yeah. Maybe a hundred other artists. Is that like the best mm. representation of your work, or is it? 
fidgeted bits just of the time. So, Do you, okay, uh, let me. I'll, I'll try to um, synthesize it. Um, so most people will listen to, I guess, consume any form of music nowadays, yeah. predominantly on Spotify or or. Apple Music or even like YouTube or whatever, I guess the the medium is so different from when you actually came out with what we call like an album or yeah. like something like an EP that's like physical yeah. and you can kind of control what that felt like a little bit more. Um, how do you feel about that medium of consumption or listening or platform? I feel like, I mean, there's so much shit about Spotify that's wrong, like how they don't pay artists, but at the same time, like the reason why, like when I get streams, I mean, like without Spotify, where would people listen to me? Or people, some people wouldn't have discovered my music. So I, I'm, I can't really be like, oh, fuck you, Spotify. Um, but at the same time, I do think, like with playlisting, it's like, because the struggle with with being, well, one of the struggles with being an artist is like it doesn't make money, right? But like when you're playlisted, that's like kind of what everyone's hoping for because then you get, you rack up your streams and like maybe people listen to your other music and that's how people discover your music as well. But it for sure makes it really easy for people to like box you in. Like if you're in like the bedroom pop playlist, for example, everyone's just like, oh, you're like that kind of artist. And I feel like it is very... Like you definitely see it super clearly how artists are are like packaged and commodified and like organized. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all of my friends that you names that that we should know about. Okay, rhythm. I mean, you guys already know rhythm section. Um, my friends out in LA. Oh, okay. Here, uh, room three hundred seven. Um, I don't have that many music friends here. Um, but <laughs> in LA, there's Brian Mantra. He deleted all his music on Spotify, so you can ask me for it. Uh, uh, Mulheran. Um. I'll send you their music later. <laughs> Alex Zotak. I'm just name dropping my friends, really. Gitai. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You met Alex. Oh. That's actually crazy. Uh, bass player. Um, all my friends. All my friends. Yeah? Okay. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. We look forward to hearing the... EP thank you. on April 9th. Thank you, thank you. It's a wrap. Thank you, Eaton. <laughs> cool. Sick. <laughs>